What's up, guys? My name is Barn Saunders, and you're listening to the Sunday Recovery Podcast. Thanks for tuning in today, guys. And on this podcast, we will be talking about recovery in the broadest, most general sense possible. Recovery is so much more than just getting over something. Whether that be drugs, loss, physical injury, or mental health, the principles of recovery can be applied to all areas of life. And in this podcast, we're going to be focusing on everything and anything that can cause struggles in life or cause great success in life, and how to navigate through the good and the bad times, as well as getting on the path of recovery from any and all setbacks or choices that may have led you down the wrong path. Another thing I want to emphasize is recovery is a constant progression forward. And what that means is recovery doesn't ever end. You can recover from something and then always fall right back to where you were. That's why in recovery, and especially here on the Sunday Recovery Podcast, you won't hear us talk about how to recover and be finished. Recovery is always pushing forward and striving for betterment, even when the original reason for starting recovery is no longer a factor in your daily life. Get it. And we're on. Dude, John, what's going on? Oh, what's up, man? <laughs> appreciate you coming on the podcast, I man. I appreciate it's... you inviting me out here, man. Of course, man, of yeah. course. Definitely been a long time coming. Yeah. I'm glad we finally made it happen. Yeah. So I want to say a big thanks to everyone tuning in this week. And uh, today's guest is a very special uh, guest, John, a great friend of mine, uh, super inspirational, motivational guy. Dude knows exactly what to say to get me pumped up about recovery. And that's every time, man. Oh, so. man. Pressure's on. <laughs> Pressure's on. But yeah, man. So, you know, I'd love for you to get into your story, share a little bit about your experience, you know, what it was like for you in, in active addiction, how it was finding recovery for you. Yeah. And uh, we'll see where the combo goes from there, man. Yeah. No, that's cool, man. Um, Again, I appreciate you inviting me out here. I know we've been playing a little uh, date tag trying to get this together so I, <laughs> yeah, am, I am glad to be here <clears throat> man start if I were to start from the beginning man that's a long story man because you know I didn't, I didn't get here until you know I didn't find recovery until I was 39 years old mm-hmm. um, I didn't I didn't really know it existed I didn't know anybody else was doing it I didn't know um, I didn't know there was another way than what I was doing and so and it started early and i would say probably you know just quick background um you know my my parent my parents are divorced my my father left the house when i was five but we were always cool um that probably started that relationship with like with my parents probably started one of my biggest issues that i still have today that i'm working on that i've you know started to realize through through doing some work really um like people pleasing and trying to fit in and get in where I fit in mm. and that was something that was very it was always an issue for me and, it, and it's carried with me my entire life up to today and what I'm doing today um my father left when I was five but we had a good relationship um he was that's actually why I'm in Virginia today. I'm from Montgomery County, Maryland. <clears throat> my whole family's from the my whole family's from New Jersey. Actually, both my parents came down here, and uh, they stayed here because my my dad went to 
both my parents went to school down here and they stayed here. So I grew up, I was born and raised and, and lived basically in the same house for almost 25 years um, in, in Rockville, Maryland. And uh, when my dad left, I don't know what arrangements my parents had when they were married. I got an older brother and a younger sister. Um, and the second my dad left the house, you know, my mom, I don't know. The relationship between my parents were pretty funky and i mm. lived with my mom we did the, you know this was back in the in the in the 80s and the 90s or so it was like a every other weekend tuesday night situation that was like the deal when your parents were divorced back in the day so i saw my dad a lot we had a good relationship but like i knew how mom felt about dad i knew how dad felt about mom it was not good i loved them both and i didn't know like what to say and as i got older I really figured out how to like play them against each other, right? Living with mom, telling teachers, telling people like when something went down, you know, let's make sure like mom's contacted about this stuff. Let's try to get dad <laughs> contacted about that stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm of the age where I guess I work and I work in schools now, so I can always compare it to like the kids now. But I had a healthy fear of my parents, which. I don't know if the if the kids I work with have today, but um, <laughs> but yeah, man, I had um, but I had a good life though, man. I didn't I didn't know it was weird to have divorced parents. Like I just that's how I grew up, you know. I was five, so I have very few memories of my father in my house growing up, um, and I just thought like people grew up with dad over there and mom over here. Um, as I you know as I went through through school I had a good like I was I was I was into sports um big time and I like I, I started playing football in third grade and um I had a good middle school and high school life like I wasn't like my story is not the one that like man school sucked and did, like I had a great time in high school like I, I had a great time <laughs> in middle school and high school you know I had a lot of friends I played the sports and that and I was able to just use, like, I guess all these skills, like I said, to get in where I fit in. And I was like, I was cool with everybody. Um, but I know one of my biggest issues, that, again, that I see today is, like, I didn't have a click. Now, like, I had, like there were cliques everywhere. And I, and I come from a very diverse area and a very diverse school. And if, like, let's call it the, there's, there, there's an athlete click, I'm cool with, like, the main man from the athlete clique. And if the my, you know, look like culturally and ethnically, my school was very diverse. So like the school was often separated into what people look like and where they're from. And I, I was, I was able to like befriend like people from each clique. So like if I were to, if I were to hang out with people, I would say like if I were to get married, like my wedding party would look crazy because like nobody <laughs> would look the same. And I, was, and I often found myself in these situations where, like, when I wasn't the one in charge of the get-together, it was like, John, you could come, but, like, I don't know if you should bring Barnes and them tonight. Or, like, mm. you could come, but, like, let's leave, you know, let's leave the other ones. Like, this is like, a, you know what I'm saying? And I was yeah. always in that situation. I was like, damn, man, like, these are my people, but, like, y'all are my people. So that's kind of how I grew up, man. And, um... You know, my first introduction to, like, using, really, was, I, it, it was eighth grade. I remember it clearly. Me and my boy, 
in eighth grade. His cousin was in high school. He, you know, he had the weed, and like that was our hookup. And it was a Friday afternoon. There was like a talent show going on at the uh, middle school. We each lied to our family, saying we're staying at the other one's house, so like nobody knew where we were. And uh, man, we rolled it up in a yellow post-it note. Like we didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> and there was a stack of post-it notes. Shit falling out the end, like it wasn't done right. I got a headache. It was actually a, a really bad experience. Like I hated it, but like my mentality was like, I gotta figure out how to do this because this is what people are doing, and, and this this can't be it, right? Um, and fast forward in high school, I remember, I remember, I remember the first time that like I, I remember the first time that I made a conscious decision to use because of the way I felt. And it was, it was, it was junior year. It was, uh, there was a football game. It was our homecoming game. Um, I, I was the running back close game. I'm not going to get into, you know, my opinion of the play call and things like that. <laughs> but long story short, uh, we lost the game and mm -hmm. some people, I felt as though they felt that it was, like, my fault that we lost the game. There was a, a lead that was there, a lead that went away. There was a fumble. Back then, your coach could grab your face mask, and they wouldn't get fired. And, you know, it, it, was, it felt like it was my fault, right? And I remember going home and being in the shower, feeling like I just lost the homecoming football game in front of everybody and I was and I remember being in a shower being like I cannot wait to go to this party to get fucked up can I cuss one there? yeah okay. yeah of course. Um, <laughs> and um through doing some work and going back through some memories um in the fourth step that that my sponsor was real big on like keeping a separate notebook and like it was a whole lot of memory tracking and, like oh you think mm -hmm. that's your last memory go further that's your last memory, go further, go further, go further. It's like all these memories about things. And I got real into like trying to like remember as far back as I could. Um, and yeah, that, that was the first time that I remember, I don't like the way I feel. And I don't know if I was trying to feel better, feel nothing or whatever, but I was trying to change the way I felt that, that, that night um, after that game my junior year. And it worked. And I knew from then on, from 11th grade, to a year and a half ago, <laughs> and I'm 40 years old, um, that I could change the way I feel with, uh, with, with substances, man. And, um, and you know, the, the second time I think that, that I can really remember like, like, like a very vivid memory was, it was a relationship and it was after, it was like early college years and I'd been with this girl for like four or five years first year and a half two years were great the 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 other you know two and a half three years we were just comfortable and it, it was it was like bound to end but but i remember it ended very poorly and again i remember at the time i'd come home from college i was living back at home with my mom while i was trying you know i was in my first year of teaching it was actually the summer before my first year of teaching and we had a nasty like physical breakup it was fourth of july actually we're coming up on the on the reunion of that. And I remember like going home after that breakup, it got physical and I like, I couldn't wait to like hit up my boys, find out where it was at and just get it in and get fucked up and like go watch the fireworks and be fucked up and forget about that. And those mm -hmm. are like probably two of my biggest memories of like 
desperately wanting to like not whatever I was feeling like I don't want to feel that way anymore you know yeah um so I would say that that was the beginning um when I got back from college as I had mentioned um I hadn't found my drug of choice yet like drinking smoking weed doing a little coke here and there which I really wasn't a fan of um I don't I don't want to get into a drug log, but you know th- this is just what I did. I was really yeah. into shrooms for a while as I was younger. Oh yeah, um, dude, I had a big psychedelic phase. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was like my favorite thing to do, and I would only do it like a couple times a year, and I, I would be like real meticulous about like this is the setup. Like I had to know what I was doing for like the next. 24 48 hours i had right. anybody i thought was going to contact me i had to like because you know i'm you know I, I always thought i was the smartest dude ever and i was going to figure out how to use everything i used i was going to figure out how to use it the way you know the way it was supposed to be used so i could you know do what i needed to do um and that ended on a real bad trip and i never did it again but <clears throat> Um, I had come back from, from college. I was living at home. And so now, so now we're all, you know, we're all early twenties and I go back to my hometown, back to my neighborhood. People who had just graduated are there. People who never left are still there. And people either have jobs or degrees or part-times or whatever. We're, We're older. We have access now. And that was the poker boom. And now we're all just playing nonstop poker. Mm. It's, it's, it's come home, it's poker, and you're fucked up, right? And I started running, I ended up moving out at one point, you know, after I started working for about a year, and I, like, my place was where we ran the, the, the cash game on Friday night and the tournament on Tuesday night, and we would go over here, and it was poker, poker, drinking, drinking, smoking, smoking, get fucked up, right? And I started seeing, and I, I had not been introduced to my drug of choice until I was about 22, like, 23 after college and I started seeing people melting into the couch right and I was like what are y'all doing like what are y'all doing and they were like you know it's that whole like man you should try one man it's like dude my story is so unoriginal it feels like an after school drug special because like all of that happened (laughs) and I just didn't listen to any of it right and they were like man you should try one man you should try one it's awesome and for a while I was like nah I don't do that shit while I'm smoking weed and drinking and playing cards. I don't do that. Um, but after a while, I was like, all right, fuck it, man. You know, let's see what's up, right? And I remember taking that, taking, uh, eating that first pill, man. And just like I didn't have a good experience when I smoked weed for the first time, I did not have a good experience the first time I took that pill. And I remember walking outside my boy's house in the poker game, and I was freaking out, man. It was such a... You know, I look back now, and it's like seems like such a low dose, right? It was like I forget, man. They came in like small amounts. I almost feel, but I took it, man, and I felt so bad. I was so scared that I went out back, and I was like contemplating calling nine one one. It was dark out there, playing cards in there, and I had snuck out, and I was alone, and I was really trying to figure out how to get. Um, the ambulance to come scoop me up without the lights, without the alarms. I was going to talk them into picking me up. I thought I was going to fucking die, but I didn't want anybody to know where I was and what I was doing. Right? This is all, this is how I felt. Right? It wasn't a good experience. Um, Definitely doesn't sound good. It doesn't. And um, 
But they finally, they brought me in. They're like, yo, what are you doing? You are lunching right now. Like, come back inside. <laughs> you're tripping. Like, you're going to be fine. Sit down and take another one. Damn. That's what will make you feel better. You got to take another one. So, bam, I took another one. And they were right. It got better. Bam. More is better. Just do more. You'll feel better. And I rode that. I rode that until I couldn't afford pills anymore. They got so expensive and my habit was ridiculous. Then I had to, you know, get into the next thing um, because it was the pills were just too expensive. And this whole time, this whole time I'm working. This whole time I'm working, I'm making money. So, like, as my habit goes up, I'm, like, kind of able to afford it um, as I... And what was strange for me, and this is why this is why I think it took me so long, man. I thought I figured this thing out, man, because like when money started getting funny, like I was able to like maneuver myself within like the school system that I work in today, and like okay, uh, just being a PE teacher is not paying the the bills, and by bills I mean my drug use. Um, let me see if I can figure out how to you know, coach a whole bunch of stuff so I can make the extra coaching money. Cool. Oh, dr use going up, money going up. Let me see if I can figure out how to, I became um, the athletic director at my school. Make more money. Drug use going up, going up. It was like, I don't know, I was like 30 years old, man, and I was helping a buddy of mine move a couch. And uh, the, the usage is crazy. I'm using every day. I just, I, I get up, I use, like, I can't, I, it's still so long ago, and this was, like, I just didn't feel like I, the stuff, I felt like it gave me, like, superpowers. Like, I wasn't having the same experience as everybody. Like, everybody's, at this point in time, they're nodding off. They can't work. They fall asleep. Like, it wasn't doing that to me. Like, it was like, I don't know. It was like I needed it, and I felt like it made my life better. It made me perform better. I needed it, right? I'm helping my boy move a couch. It's like snowing. It's December, and just out of nowhere, it just boom, dropped the couch. My bicep um, shoots up into my shoulder, and I was like, oh, man. He's like, dude, what's wrong? And I used that morning. I got, I got a pocket full of a, a, a little bit, right? And he's like, yo, you want to take me to the hospital? Or he, do, you, do you want me to drive you to the hospital? And I was like, nah, 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 nah. He's like, what are you going to do? I was like, I'll drive myself. The whole time I'm like hitting my dude up because like I know I need to go to the hospital. I know this shit hurts. I know I'm not even using to get high anymore. So like what is about to happen? And I just need a bucket full of like whatever this dude has, right? So I drive myself like one arm to the dude, pick up another like bottle full of shit drive to the hospital do whatever I have surgery a week later finally got the script right the the thing that I know I had been waiting for my whole life I was like yes finally I had to rip my bicep to get a script for these things I come home oh you know I come home and at this point home is my mom's house because this is the first time that I had to move out I come home where it's, I'm living with me my mom and her dog, I come home in a sling, and she's at work, she's a teacher, she was teaching in D.C., I come home, and the apartment that she lives in is just, there's just water, like, the apartment's destroyed, the upstairs neighbor, like, had, like, a little kitchen fire stove thing, Damn. and it set off their alarms up still with the sprinklers, and it all just started pouring down, 
So that night, I'm in a sling. I came from the hospital. Me, my mom, and her dog go stay in a hotel for a couple nights. Then they put us in this, like, temporary housing area in, in Gaithersburg. It's an area called Rio. And me, my mom, and this dog lived in this, uh, like, a Marriott resident. Like, we lived in, like, a temporary housing thing yeah. for eight months. I couldn't work because in my job description as the AD, I had to, like, lift a certain amount of weight or something. So it was, like, work wouldn't let me come until the doctor checked off all the boxes. The doctor wouldn't check off all the boxes, obviously, for liability. He's like, I'm not trying to keep you out of work. So I was at home for six weeks with a script, still getting paid every two weeks. And I would just, my mom would go to work, and I'd just be in a hotel in a sling just getting ripped all day long, having people come and go while she's going for work. And I'm like 30-something years old at this point, right? And that and that, that wasn't enough, man. And finally, like, I don't know how, but a couple years later, I don't know how the hell I moved out, but I was able to move out for like another year or two. And then back at my mom's house, man, I couldn't do it, man. And she was about to retire. And, um, you know, it was real easy at the time to kind of, my whole family has moved out here to Virginia. So, my, you know, my older brother lives out here. My younger sister lives out here. My other younger brother lives here. My dad's here. My stepmom's here. The steps, the halves, they're all in Virginia. It was just me and my mom in Gaithersburg, right? <clears throat> so it was real easy to be like, ah, well, you know, mom's retiring. You know, she's lonely. I should move back in the house and, like, help her out with the bills and she won't be alone. And, like, I just needed a place to live. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I gave her a couple bucks maybe the first two weeks I was there. And then the couple bucks stopped happening, like, you know, and, um, and it just got, it just got bad, man. But I, somehow I was able to hold on to the, to my job. Um, and I just thought, I, I always thought there were requirements to get help. I thought I had to get locked up. I thought I had to, you know, live under a bench or live in a tent. I thought I had to be the dude on the median, you know, shaking the cup, asking for money. Like I thought those things had to happen. And when that happened, somebody was going to be, be like, dude, now you can go get some help. Cause you're, 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 yeah. uh, you're an addict, dude. You got a problem. But until that happened, I didn't have a problem because I had a job and somehow I had a car. Um, and, you know, like many people say now, COVID hits. Boom. Okay. My job at the school was all athletics. We'll just shut down. So I wasn't even teaching. I didn't have a Zoom class. There was no athletics for like a year. Like, I'm back at home, just not in the hotel with my mom, but, you know, two, three years later, I'm back in her house. I got nothing to do all day. I'm wow, still getting man. paid every two weeks. And I'm living at home, and I just have all day to just, I'm just used, like, I've never used so much than during COVID. Damn. And I remember the first time that I, that I used something and, you know, we know what we're doing for so long. We know, what, we know what it looks like. We know what it smells like. We know how it tastes, how it feels, how it crushes, how it this, how it, We know everything about what we're doing. I remember the first time I knew it wasn't right. I was like, this is not, this is not what, this is not what I've been doing. But I did it anyway. And I called dude up. And it's like, dude, what is this? Nah, nah, it's cool, man. It's good, man. Everybody loves that shit, man. You... Nah, nah, nah. So I try to like avoid it for like a day or two, but I don't. So I go back to this thing that I know is not what it is, man. Um, and I just, what started as an accident became nothing else worked once I started using fentanyl. And like, I knew you were talking about fentanyl. I, you knew yeah. I was going there, man, because like I tried to mix it up 
I tried to have fentanyl on the back burner and like if I could get the dude with the real script and I knew they were real and I knew it was coming from this guy or this place I would do that if I had the money I would do that that was my backup but I kept going to the backup I kept going to the backup because it was cheaper and it was more and it was cheaper and it was more and it was more and it was more and then finally I, rem- I remember it was like 7 o'clock in the morning I had to go to work there was a game that day and I was struggling and I was scared I didn't know what to do I'm calling, calling the fence. Like I need, like that's what I needed at the end. The last eight or nine months, that's all I could do. Nothing else worked. And I remember, dude wouldn't answer the phone, so I went back to like, the, you know, the real dude. And I got as much as I could. And I got, man, I have so much. If I had got caught, I'd be locked up from embezzling. Like the amount of fucking money I have taken from places that I have worked. And I remember going back. <laughs> I always feel bad saying it, but I don't know who's gonna hear. It. But I, I had I had I had come up on as much money as I could. No, yeah. I'm in charge of the fundraising at the school. Oh, you know, shit. you go to games, do the basketball game, the football game, and you take into you know. Um, I don't know if I just admit, admitted some the exact nature of some of my wrongs here, but um. I got as much cash as I could and bought as much of like what I used to like as I could. And I remember immediately knowing I was screwed because before I left the parking lot, I did like a lot of it. And I like, I couldn't feel anything. And I was like, oh my God, it's seven o'clock in the morning. And like, I've already done half of it before I left the parking lot. This day is not going to go well, man. I'm already like shook. I don't know what's going to happen. And then of course you're on your way and the dude you want to call calls and like, they want to meet you like, all over here. And like, I didn't have the money anyway. And like, I was playing that game for a while, man. Nah. Living at home, man. Finally, one night I come home while I'm living with my mom come home from a football game um, where like I'm like the guy in charge and I come home and my mom is standing there just like she was in middle school when I would get in trouble and I knew then as a 39 year old brought me right back to being 12 and I was like why is my mom up why is she standing waiting for me and I knew I knew because I got shit everywhere in the house and in her house in the bathroom and she and she found everything and um, she had taken it all, and it was like in her room, and she was like standing like in the doorway, and like I could not, I ne- like I could not wait to get home. I needed that shit, and I, I remember like, um, I remember like the thought crossing my mind. I love my mom. I would never harm my mother, but the thought came to my mind like. Is tonight the night that I put hands on my mom because she will not get out of the fucking way. You know what I mean? And, like, I was like, damn, man, I can't believe I'm here, man. And I convinced my mom because she's my mom and she she loves her boy. And, she just, and I convinced my mom to just, like, like give me these things. Like, at certain times, um, you know, at this point, like, I'm... I'm, I'm messing, I got like stacks of stuff that people use for maintenance too. Like I'm using everything I could possibly think of at this time. And I told her that like I could, just could not function if she didn't like at least give me like a, a strip of like a suboxone at the time. So you almost had her like ration it out Yeah, that was exactly what I was doing. Wow. And what happened was, because I'm not thinking about it, um, she was rationing, she was rationing it, but then like I would go out and use and I would forget 
and I would wake up one morning, I wouldn't need it, and she'd be like, oh, you, you must be feeling better, because I convinced her I was going to do this on my own, right? I, like, called up my insurance. I got in some ILP. This is still COVID, like, um, so, like, I'm doing, like, this counseling thing. My mom's rationing Suboxone to me. Mm-hmm. I'm forgetting to pick up the stuff that I need from her. She's confused as to, like, why I don't need it anymore. It's because I'm using it, right? And um, then I, you know, a couple of days later, I'm in an intervention with my mom, my dad, my stepmom, some siblings, like, the worst. Like, I hate having my mom and dad in the same room. Like, that's, <laughs> like, like I really do, like, to this day. And I'm, we're sitting there, grown man, with the drug counselor, and they're just telling me that, like, you need to go away, dude. Like, you're gonna, you're gonna die. You, like, he called, he called me. I'll never forget. After I basically told him like how I got there, he was like, "Damn, and you still have a job? And you're like, you're doing like?" He was like, "Man, you're a really good addict, man." And like I didn't like I've been thinking about that shit for two years. Like I still don't know what that dude means by that. You know what I mean? I could kind of like like at first I was like, "That's fine, like, yeah, I'm a good addict, man." But now I'm like, "Yo, that's not that, that's not." <clears throat> and um, that that's kind of I refused to go away. This was a guy who was in recovery himself, who's a counselor, and he was like, "You're gonna die, dude. Like I don't know what to tell you. Like you should go away." And I was like, "Dude, I can't go away, man. Like do you know who I am." Do you know what I mean to everything that I'm involved in and work and family? Like, I can't leave for 30 days. This fucking world will fall apart. Like, they'll never replace me at work. Like, you know, like, and all I cared about was work. All I cared about was work. And I was like, I can't leave. I can't leave. And I tried for another six weeks after that meeting. I tried, and the wheels came off, man. It was probably, I mean, that that was part of, like, some of the worst months of my life but after that meeting with the counselor I tried as best I could I turned 39 on October 13th of 21 and Friday October 29th the wheels fell off I woke up one morning um and just nothing that had worked for the previous 25 years nothing was working that day I couldn't move. I didn't have anything. I didn't have any money. Nobody would pick up the phone. If somebody did pick up the phone, you know, I was going to have to play that game again. We're like, can you put this on credit? Can you put that on credit? Like, just, just nothing was happening. And I, was, I felt so bad. Like, I was just, and I was done, man. I was done. I knew I'd been done for a while. But today, that, that morning, you know, we talk about it now. Like, the only thing that makes sense now is saying that I was given the gift of desperation that morning yeah. to like to move. And I and mm-hmm. I realize now like I don't I don't do a whole lot without being desperate first. Like I gotta be desperate to make like some some big changes. That's just what and I gotta change that. But um like I don't need to get to a state of desperation before I make a change. But that's where I was then. Yeah. Um, and I threw a line out. I threw a line out to somebody that I knew would help and I probably knew they would help for the past 25 years, too. But I said, if I were to go away, what does that even look like? That was the text I sent to my dad. Mm. Um, and he said, well, why don't we call Dr. So-and-so, who we met with, um, and let's see what he has to say. And I didn't hear from anybody for a couple hours. And it was a Friday night. 
It was Friday, October 29th and 21. I'm still the AD at my school. There's Life still goes on. There's the senior night football game that night. It's a big night, and I'm laying in my bed, and I can't move. And like, I got to be there because like a lot of shit goes on, as I'm sure you know, um, on a Friday night in the high school if they care about anything athletics-related. Oh, yeah. Um, somehow I get out of bed. I get to school. I go straight to the people that I know in that place that um, that do a little this and that too. Not my not my choice, but like just anything. And I'm struggling. I'm struggling. I like I've never like physically like tried to mask myself. So, but I wasn't masked. People were like, "Yo, are you okay? Like, are you okay?" And I wasn't right. And finally, this random call calls me. I never pick up numbers I don't answer, but this random number called me. I don't know why I picked it up, but I did. It was the counselor. And it's like 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock, and this is like normally when I'm getting ready for like the rest of the school to leave to set up for the game. Um, and he was like, hey, man, you, uh, I hear you're having a bad day, is what the guy said. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, man, I am. He was like, Put it lightly. Yeah. He was like, well, are you ready to do something about it? And I was mm. like, I think so. And he was like, are you willing to leave? And I was like, yeah, I'll leave. I'll leave. Are you, are you willing to leave right now? Like now, like tonight? And I was like, I don't know, man. Like I'm at work, you know, I got to work. Yeah. Like I'm still like, you know, he's like, listen, man, you need to figure out like how to leave work go home we'll have somebody waiting for you and just like again in that moment man i was tired i was done like i was fully aware of how fucked up things were getting like and like i i'm a quick like i've been quick to understand what was happening inside as well like because the outside piece that a lot of people like clearly the outside is fucked up clearly the outside wasn't fucked up for me in all areas that are like visible to everybody else i did a Like, I spent my entire life trying to live these double and triple lives and put on every mask on top of mask on top of mask. Like, people talk about being a chameleon. Like, I was a chameleon, like, with a mask. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm already, like, changing for the environment, and I put on a mask there to, like, because even once I get in there, it's different, right? And I went home, man, and, and, and my dad... My dad was there, uh, met, met, met me out front of my mom's house, and uh, drove me to this detox. And um, matter of fact, th- this is actually a piece, too. We're on the way to a, I'm, I, I, I was wrong. We're on the way to a treatment center that, like, it was just going to be treatment. You're going to go ahead and detox at the treatment. And we're, like, kind of on the way there to get a call. And it's like, nah, you can't go there. There's no bed or whatever. Mm, so it was like fuck man so we go home and like I'm thinking like this isn't gonna happen man I was ready man I was ready I was ready I knew this wasn't gonna work I knew this wasn't gonna work and I'm sitting there in my mom's house my dad is there it's me my mom and my dad for the first time in my mom's apartment like it was so weird man like my mom my dad and me have not like my dad's never stood inside of like my mom's house since he left when I was five I can't I can't remember a time um the three they're standing it's the three of us um 
and we're talking to somebody from some treatment center up in Pennsylvania, and they're like, you can come here, but like you, you can't come here till like noon tomorrow. So, so can you stay in the house tonight? Can you like, can you be all right? Can you like, can you just be all right for tonight and like just get up tomorrow? And like, if you can get here tomorrow at noon, like you're in, you're in. And I just kept, I was like, no, I was like, no. I'm not waiting till tomorrow. Like, I will yeah. figure all this shit out by tonight. For damn sure we'll figure it out tomorrow by noon. I was like, I need to go somewhere. And they were like, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. So, it, I mean, something was working for me, man, because they were like, you know, we were all kind of getting on the same page. And, and they found a, this random detox, and I don't even remember in Pennsylvania. They like, well, you can go here and do this detox, but you got to, like, complete, like, you got to stay there for detox, wait till this bed, and... Just because a bed opens, so you're not gonna get that bed. You're gonna have to stay in the detox till you're done. I was like, whatever, man. Um, so I went to this detox and I was there for like, like a week. I went there on a Friday, which was it was great. And then a week later, that Friday, I got picked up and I went to this, uh, to this treatment center up in Pennsylvania. Um, and in that in that treatment center, they, I mean, in the detox, they weaned me off like all the stuff that they. You know, they take your blood and they really know what's up. And, like, yeah. and they were like, dude, I thought you said you were doing like like, like Percocet and, 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 and dope and all this other shit. And I was like, I am. They're like, bro, you have nothing in your system but fentanyl. You got nothing but fentanyl pumping through your, through your veins, dude. There's nothing in your blood work except for straight fentanyl. And I wasn't surprised. Like, right. I, like I right. knew that. Like, I was saying, you know, like, other yeah. shit because it sounded so bad to, like, you know, to say anything about fentanyl. But um, but that was that was, that was was what it was, man. So they were giving me, you know, the stuff that they used to, like, wean you off. But I had a problem with that stuff, too. And I tried to tell them. I was like, dude, I've been using your little uh, taper-down maintenance situation. I abuse that stuff, too. Like, if I can't use it, I use that. And then... Well, you can't, how do you do that? You can't get high if you use that. And I was like, watch me, dude. Like, I will use it until I get right. And I remember, like, I had two days left, and I was off everything finally. Like, I, I was done with their their program, and it was like, I was so nervous about, like, the day I took my last dose, and I knew, like, the next day was going to be the first day in years that I had done nothing. And I was so scared, and it was like, it was, it was all right. I mean, it's probably still in my system. Yeah. And they were like, yo, you need to pick up tomorrow and go to this, you know, they'll drive you to the treatment center. And I was so scared because I tried to kick before and I know how it works. You know, you stop for a little while, like it's still in your system, but it gets bad like hours later, like days later is when it gets worse and worse and worse and worse, right? And I was like so scared. I was like, dude, I can't sit in the three-hour car ride with nothing like yeah. I don't know what's gonna happen in that car it gets worse before it gets yeah. better when and it I comes was, to that I stuff was tripping about yeah. that car ride but it was all right just like mm-hmm. it was the day before so I get there and I'm like two days clean right yeah. and when I get there they wanted me um they wanted after hearing everything they were like well you're gonna go on maintenance and I and I had a big argument with this place about maintenance because I knew that like for me, I could not go back home on what they were trying to give me because I had a problem with it. 
She's like, all right, we'll taper you down. So I knew because they put me in the drug unit of this rehab, and everybody there was on maintenance or whatever. So I knew everyone's schedule, taper schedule. I realized on the third day when most people are tapering down, I'm still on, like, this, this dose. And they're like, dude, they're keeping you on it, man. They're keeping you on it. So I like Damn, that's kinda crazy. It is, man. It they is. kept you on it without even telling you yeah, or yeah, asking you or yeah. anything. So like it that. took me like a couple of days. I was like, I'm trying to meet with the doctor. I'm like, yo, I said I wanna come off it. They're like, listen, man. They were like, You need to be able like they were like, Why are you why are you playing with this? Like they were like, Why be miserable? Like take this so you're not using the other stuff. And for me, and I know this gets touchy, but like this yeah. is my shit, right? I could not I couldn't do it. I remember being in the unit, being on 10 steps and like, you know, we do the 10 step every night and you know, how was your day? Well, positive, negative, and what'd you accomplish today? What are you grateful for? And I kept hearing people being like, I'm happy for another day clean. I'm happy for another day clean. And I, and like, I was on, I was on, I was on the van with them in the morning to go get what we got in the evening. And for me, for me, like I couldn't, it didn't feel right. It didn't sit right. So they, they were like, finally, they were like, look, you, you, we'll taper you down, but this is going to be an objection in your treatment plan. And I was like, well, what does that mean? They're like, well, it's going to say objection in your treatment plan. I was like, okay, like, is that it? They're like, well, yeah, but if anything, like, I guess goes left, like, you're the one who didn't want to do it. I was like, dude, I'm going to wow. be here for a month. Like, let's, let's do this. Like, let's get off it. So finally, I convinced them to do it. They put me on the schedule after, like, it was like a week and a half taper. And my last two and a half weeks there, I was off of everything, man. And I, I'm just I'm just glad I did that, man. Because, um, like, for me, I really needed... I I, I could have been convinced. So, like, yeah. I could have been convinced that... Dude, what was, what was that like when you had to have that conversation of, like, convincing them to let you taper off? So I'm, I'm assuming it was like Suboxone or Methadone, yeah, right? Suboxone, yeah. That is so, that's like mind-blowing to me that they were pushing it so hard to not let you taper off. They push it. Wow. I mean, you, they, they push it. They want, I think they want you on it. Um, and again, I know this gets dicey, man, for some people, but like, I couldn't be on it. Yeah. I didn't want to be on it. I'd been on it. I knew what it was, like. I got high off Suboxone. I felt yeah. good off Suboxone. I know people who've gotten high yeah. off. Yeah, I was I've doing some wild shit off. with Suboxone yeah. that I don't think a regular person does. I know one of my boys was fucking dissolving that shit and shooting Suboxone. He fucking OD'd in front of his daughter. And his daughter, who just turned uh, 13 a year ago, she's dead because yeah. she OD'd. And she saw her father OD off shooting Suboxone in their bathroom, man. Um, so like I, I, I wasn't messing with it man and um, and again that, that, that was just me but uh, <clears throat> oh, I lost my train of thought man I was, <laughs> I, I was rocking it's, man dude when I when I think about uh, stuff like methadone and suboxone right it's uh, it's it's so for sure it's mind blowing that they were you know pushing it so hard and maybe pushing it's not the right word yeah um because you know every every individual is different right yeah. like I know a lot of people who you know have been very successful in recovery yeah. you know off of relapse right. prevention medication yeah. now yeah. you know but they were on it for a, a long time like a six month period or you know I know a couple of people who were on it even longer than that yeah. before they tapered off. Um, and now we're totally successful, yeah. 
you know, living, you know, lives of recovery um, and have long-term recovery. But it's, it's, uh, it's tough, man, because uh, from, from my own experience being in, uh, you know, when I was living in the recovery house, you know, I remember the first time uh, I had heard of that, um, you know, I didn't even hear about people getting high on Suboxone or Methadone until I was living in the recovery house. Yeah. And uh, dude was nodding out, and they were like, yeah, man, like, I'm trying to tell you, like, he's eating his subs, like, they're Skittles, man, he's taking his subs. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Like, you can't get high off Suboxone? Like, yeah. And they were like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? You definitely can't. Yeah, you, take three, um, you take three eight milligram strips a exactly. day. Exactly. I think they, I think it's, like, found, like, like you're, you are wasting it past, like, 24 milligrams or something. Like, it just, yeah, I, it just, it's I definitely not, don't know this. Yeah, it's just not effective it. after a certain okay, point. Okay, yeah. Um, it's just because it's working. No. Nope. I'll say this. One thing, and I don't want to go on a, a, a boxing kick, but <laughs> it was explained to me really well about, like, what it was, right? Yeah. If you imagine, like, your, yourself and the way you feel is like a paved road, like this table here, right? Yep. And we're all fucked up, and we got these potholes that we're trying to fill up. That's that's our issue, right? Our road is fucked up. We got all these potholes, and we fill it with whatever we're filling it with, right, to get it back even so it's smooth, right? Suboxone's only job is to go into that pothole and remove it and get in it. So we're used to using, we fill up that pothole, and slowly, like, the high goes away, it's going low. You know, if we let it get empty, we're going to withdraw, and we fill it back up. Suboxone comes in, pulls it out, jumps in there. The problem with that is, I don't know if you heard about, like, a pre-sip withdrawal, pre-sip or something or other. Mm-hmm. It's basically... Oh, no, I have heard It's that. you putting yeah. yourself into withdrawal because you take it too early yeah. after you've used. And because the fentanyl hits you so hard and like the with the time between a withdrawal is so short yeah. like you use it and like you just start feeling like shit quickly so that suboxone comes in and it, it don't wait it don't wait for like you still got a little left in that pothole now you could have just used it rips it out and when it rips it out your pothole's empty you're in withdrawal and then you're putting the suboxone in there and it's all like you feel like shit right yeah. um yeah, I've had, I have heard about precipitated withdrawal. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, it's, you know, it gets into the whole thing of, like, you know, different things work for different people, man. Yeah. Um, you know, not everyone's story is the same, I think. I think it's important to, to keep that in mind, man. Like, like you were sharing, like, your story, your truth, like, what worked best for you was to get off of it. Yeah. And wean yourself off. Um, it's important to, and it's, dude, it's, it had to, it must have been hard to, to push that. You know, because I, for me, like when I was in rehab and shit, if they were trying to give me something like that, yeah. you know, I, I would have really struggled in, in that, uh, the state I was in when I was, yeah. when I was in rehab. And, and um, I remember being like, it was like day five or six and I was like, fuck that, I'm going back on maintenance, man. Yeah. I know they'll give it to how me. Did you, how yeah. did you, uh, convince yourself to, to not, so like, the, how did you convince yourself? There to were like, off? there were like two or three things that happened. Number one. The entire unit I was in, they were all on maintenance. They yeah. they couldn't wait to stay on maintenance, right? Mm. Cool, fine. Sublocade shots, you know, in your gut, which is like a like a long like a three month dose of suboxone. Yeah. Um, 
or, or some boxer or whatever, whatever the case may be, everybody was on maintenance except this one dude, right? And this one dude, man, I think he knew. Like, he knew because he got off it. And he was like, bro, I'm telling you, like, you can do it. Like, I did it. I've been here. And it was that one dude that was like, I'm telling you, man, just get off it. You can do it. You can. And it was a daily, daily thing. And if that dude wasn't there, mm. I probably am on maintenance at some point. Yeah. The second thing was calling home. My family knew. They knew everything. So they, they were also like, we don't have a real problem. You come home on the same shit you were yeah. using here. That was it. So I had this I had this meeting with the like the, the doctor, the head doc of the place, right? I guess that's what they did. And, you know, I'm trying to like convince my parents, like, well, I don't know, this might be the right thing. You know, I'm trying to like lay the groundwork that I might, you know, shit, I might have just found a way to use like with a with a script and like everybody, you know, says it's all right. Luckily, that doctor did the opposite of what I thought he was going to say. He was looking over my stuff. He saw the, the objection that the treatment doctor that I was assigned to objected to. She's like, why does she have such a problem with you, like, getting off it? And I was like, I don't know, man. She said, I've, like, used too much too long or something. Like, I don't know. She says, like, I'm basically not going to, I'm not going to make it. Like, I need this to, like, or I'm just going to, like, never get this thing. And he was like, dude. You want to get off it? Fucking get off it. I don't care. It's it's, it's your recovery, is what he said. Yeah. That was the first time mm, I even bro, heard that's, it. And that's I, such and, a powerful and thing. And I didn't say, even but... pick up on it until later on being yeah. here that, like, you know, people were saying that. And I was like, all right, bet. Between the, the, my, my boy in the unit, you know, the, the pressure from home, um, this doctor, I was like, let's do it, man. And I did it. And it sucked. Right. I mean, you, it sucked. I felt like I, you know, the first, the like, the first week or two like sucked coming off like anything. Like I was in fetal positions. I wasn't going to the me. I was like the meeting maker at the place too. I was making the coffee and sweeping up and knocking on all the young bucks' doors. Like let's go, let's go. And I wasn't doing any of that shit for weeks, man. Like I couldn't, I couldn't. Well, it was bad, but it got. I remember explaining it to a couple people. It didn't. Get, I couldn't. Before I, could, I, it didn't get better quick, but I remember like it getting bad and bad and bad and worse, and and I wanted to go back on it. And dude was like, Nah, you got it, man. You're day five, day six, you know. We talk about one day at a time, one second at a time, watching the clocks, right? And I remember like the first day, it was like day nine or ten, like around a little bit past a week, and like day ten, like felt like day nine. It sucked as bad as day nine. But it wasn't like wasn't worse. worse. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then like the day eleven like sucked as bad as nine and ten, but it wasn't worse. It was mm. shitty, but like it wasn't worse. And then like, you know, then you feel like a little spark of like, oh okay, I feel good for this thirty seconds, man. Maybe it's getting better, you know. And um but yeah, man, you know, detox and treatment were a big part of my story. And the 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 one suggestion that I listened to was when you get out of here, go to a meeting, man. Yeah. Um, they, you know, they, they told me not, you know, I first heard about changing people, places, and things, and treatment. They said, do not go home to Rockville. Um, don't go there. And I didn't know what I was going to do. And they, they said, your dad said you could move in with him. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> for, for real? Like, 39 years old, I'm moving yeah. in dad's did, house. Did you think about uh, doing a recovery house or something so like they, that? So they had given me a couple options. Like, they had the whole aftercare 
people there. Like that was a big part of this treatment center. Um, gotcha. And they had they had given me one or two options, and I, so I still have this job, man. I, I I came in with a job, and they were send they were trying to find me like, I don't know what you call them, but like these like where you could work and where you weren't going to be on like restriction and have you could have a car, you could go to work, and they were all you know they were all in Baltimore, mm. or they were in Rockville, and I my. I live in Rockville. The school that I worked at was like around the corner from two of these places. And I was like, yeah. I ain't going to any of those places in Rockville. And I was like, and to be honest, like, and I wasn't willing at the time. I was like, I'm not commuting from Baltimore to Montgomery County, back yeah, to Montgomery County to Baltimore, and then trying to do this recovery thing. And they were like, well, here's the option. You, your dad and stepmom said you can live with them. And I was like, cool. And while I was in treatment, I resigned from my job as the AD because that was another thing that I knew, like hearing about like recovery and when I got out of there, um, I was like, I can either go back to work and back to life and like think that I've cleaned myself up this month and I'm going to be able to jump right back in where I left or I can find something different, right? Luckily, I, I had a pretty good standing in the school, in the county. I've been there 17 years now. I know a lot of people who have scattered and gone to different schools, and I was given an opportunity to go to another school, a different job, Monday through Friday, 7.30 to 4 o'clock-ish, and after 4 o'clock, shit ain't my problem. It's not Monday through Saturday, like athletics. I'm not there all night at games. Um, and I, I needed to do that. I've been at this school working. I graduated from the school. I went back to that school. And I worked in that school for like 15 years. And I needed to get out of there. Yeah. And, you know, so changing people, places, and things. I had to plan to live with my dad the second I got out of there. I had the job lined up for me. I, I didn't have it for like a month when I got home. But it's because I got home in like early December. And after the break for school, like in January, I started. Um and that, now, now that we're talking about changing people's places and things, that was the first thing was changing places, change, yep. you know, changing living, changing the job. Um, and I was just, I was home, and I got on an app, and they said, go to a meeting. I said, well, really? I go to a meeting today. I'm in Pennsylvania. They're like, when you go home, there'll be a meeting. Like, you can find one. And I, and I stepped into my first meeting. I went to, I threw my shit in my dad's house, got on the app, drove to so, you know, a meeting in Arlington, which is a meeting that I still go to today. And that was my first, uh, that was my first, you know, taste of like recovery outside of the treatment center. Mm. Um, and I was ready. Like you hear stories about people coming in, like fighting and kicking and screaming. I don't know why anybody else walked into their first uh, meeting, but like, I know why I did it, because I was done. I was, like, I know what happened the previous 25 years of my life, and I, mm. I knew, like, getting to where I got today, like, I ain't trying to repeat that. Like, I'm fully aware, I'm very aware of what happened, like, leading up to that Friday, um, Friday, October 29th to 21, when, like, I ran out of hope, resources, and options and ended up in that detox. And I've just been trying to take suggestion ever since, man. Like, for real. Like, yeah, it's really that simple for me. Like, I don't want to go back to where I was. And, like, shit is getting, like, better and better and better. It's not, like, perfect. It's not easy. Like, all my problems have far from being solved. I still walk around with John up in my head every single day. <laughs> um, I just yeah. feel like, like, 
today, I didn't feel like I had a drug problem. Like, today I had major John problems, major, mm-hmm. major, you know, thinking and doing sh- Like, I got, I got all the problems that I had before. I'm just not using about them, you know? And I'm trying to, like, spend the time to, like, figure out how to, like, deal with my shit. And, yeah. um, that's kind of where I'm at today. Hell yeah. Yeah. Dude, I, I can't even begin to, you know, express my gratitude for you for you sharing all that, man, yeah. and, and really getting honest about all that stuff, man. It's, dude, one of the biggest things for me is uh, what you just said there at the end, um, you know, like realizing like this this thing is way more than just the drugs. Yeah. Like I thought I had a drug problem yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, whole time it was a me problem. For sure. Um, yeah. And it's, it's wild to... You know, come to that realization. I feel like I come to that realization more and more every day. Every day when, you know, stuff happens in my life that, you know, I feel some type of way and I want to act out on it. um, And I'm not using it anymore. So what's what's going on? You know, like, you know, there's a lot of a lot of personal development work. And uh, you talked a lot about about being self-aware, too, and, and about playing the tape all the way through, looking back at those memories um, dude, when you were sh- you were sharing the stuff about you know being in high school and and remembering you know that first time when you used to avoid your feelings, um, yeah. dude, I can relate to that so much. Um, similar situation for me, man. I started drinking and smoking at a young age, man, and and I just remember like you know my freshman year of high school, man. Like you know, I, first time I smoked was in eighth grade. Smoked weed. I had a little different uh, yeah. story then. Uh, you know, I wasn't smoking out of a uh, what'd you say a poster note. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, first first time I smoked weed, it was a bong. Um, and you know, sim- similar situation, right? When I was when I was growing up, like middle school, high school, man, I was always hanging around with the older kids. Um, and dude, you said something that rang so true to me about that first time you smoked weed, man, you didn't even like it that much, but yo, it's what everyone was doing, so I gotta figure out how to do this. Yeah. That simple saying, man, I feel like that's how I lived my my whole life. You know, oh, this is what everyone's doing, yeah. so I gotta do this. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, this is what I have to do to make others view me or think about me a certain way, because that's how I base what I would think about myself. Um, Dude, talking about living those uh, that chameleon lifestyle, man. It's real, bro. Yeah. It's really real. Um, you know, I would live, felt like I lived so many different lives. And it was all based around how I wanted others to think of me. Simply because that's how I would think about myself, right? So I wanted to, you know, in high school, man, I lived by the work hard, play hard mentality. You know, I was also in sports, uh, three-sport athlete, played. Uh, so I started out playing soccer, then I switched to football. I uh, got tired of getting red carded, man. So yeah, I want to hit people. Like, yeah. let me let me switch over to football. Yeah. Um, you know, I wasn't wasn't crazy good at it or anything. And I also swam and played lacrosse, right? So, uh, you know, I felt good when the athletes wanted to hang out with me, right? And then, you know, I also felt good when my parents thought that I was getting. Notice how I said thought that I was doing well in school, yeah, yeah. not because I actually was, but you know, yeah. I I was able to finesse and you know cheat on assignments here and there and. You know, as as long as I thought that my parents thought that I was doing good in school, set myself up to go to a good college, um, then I felt good about myself. Um, so it's just that constant, uh, that constant need to, you know, be viewed a certain way because I didn't know how else to view myself. 
Um, and back to the whole, uh, you know, that whole, you know, first experience of using to avoid a feeling. Um, it was freshman year, right? My, uh, my homecoming date, um, you know, I wanted, you know, I had a great time at homecoming, all this, whatever. Um, but I wanted, you know, I wanted things to, to happen between me and her. You know, I thought that was my girlfriend. You know, I thought we were about to, you know, get into a relationship like this, is my boo. Um, and, you know, the whole time, like, it's not what she had in mind, right? right? She, you know, she did not know that I was her boyfriend. And, uh, man, I remember being so hurt. Um, just, uh, you know, just hearing she went out to a party and did whatever with, with another guy. And, uh, man, I remember just like you said, man almost instantaneously I was like oh like you know this feeling sucks and all I have to do is get fucked up and then I'll feel good um and man right right from there man it just took off like at, at the end of my road man for me dude the only time I genuinely felt good uh was when I was as fucked up as possible because then I didn't feel the guilt and the shame and the regret for all the stuff I had done um and it was, you know, for me, it was just a constant cycle. So, dude, I'm, I'm curious to hear when, uh, you know, what it's what it's like for you now when you have those feelings of, you know, like, oh, uh, like, I'm dealing with this feeling, shitty feeling, yeah. you know, whatever, you know, regardless of the situation, what's it like for you to, um, you know, that saying, like, play the tape all the way yeah. through? Because, dude, I struggle with uh, selective memory yeah. big time, right? Sure. It's, so easy, it's so easy for me to to remember the times where substances made me feel good yeah. and the the fun times the crazy parties the wild stories um like bro like i'll remember that shit way before i remember what it was like to overdose and almost die because i don't like remembering that right yeah. um so what's what's it like for you today to to be able to get those feelings and yeah. and tell yourself like you know using is not gonna make it better yeah well you know, before I get there real quick, just, you know, I, I mentioned the gift of desperation, yeah. which I like, like, that's something that I locked into early, like, and, you know, I've heard the gift of desperation, acronym G-O-D, get like, I, no. like, I don't know if we'll get there, but like, I, I had to like, believe in that gift of desperation as to mm. how I got here, because... I tried to get here. I tried to stop, but I never could. Where I am now, the second gift that I know that I've received is the gift of recovery, right? Right. And, and you know, to answer that question, and I'm and I'm working on not being so, like, long-winded and just answering a <laughs> mother-effing question because I have a problem with Dude, I'm the same way. Yeah, and, like, I'm working Dude, on I can't like, even ask a question, yeah. right? You heard yeah. me. I got to go on yeah. a tangent before um, I even ask a question. But, you know, if, if I could talk about gratitude real quick, and not so much, like, I can't give you a dissertation on gratitude, yeah. but I was so confused by gratitude, like, like when I first got into recovery um i didn't understand what it meant really like i hear people being saying that they're grateful for things saying that you gotta have gratitude i didn't get the difference between uh, being grateful and thankful and like um and that whole like a grateful addict will never use a grateful addict will never use like what the fuck does that mean like i'm grateful i just you know got the new whip, you know, I'm grateful I got a job, like, well, so what, like, that's not gonna stop me from using, 
Like I, I don't think it will. Like if I, like if I want to use, I'm gonna use, right? Like that's how I've always been, right? Mm. Um, so I didn't understand. Like, what do you mean a grateful? Like you just be start becoming like grateful for things you don't use. Like I understand if you're grateful for something, you might like appreciate that thing that you're grateful. What like what does that have to use? And of course, you know, thank God for sponsorship and the network. You know yep. what I mean? Yep. But um, nah, man. If you're grateful for this gift of recovery that like you have received through no work of your own like you've been gifted this new opportunity to not have to go back to that gift of desperation that I led up to then like what are you going to do to like keep it and, and like and like be about that and so for me like keeping like keeping like cuz I know the date right friday friday december 29th 21 was the day that I could no longer function in the society. I couldn't fucking do it. And if I ever forget, I I am able to like put myself back in that side bedroom of my mom's house in the fetal position at 39 years old, my mom in the next room, her trying to figure out why I haven't gotten to work yet, and I cannot move because I don't have my substances and I'm no longer participating in life. Um, for me, it's not hard to go back there if I need to. In terms of, like, dealing with things that happen, like, I don't feel like I get triggered. Like, I know being triggered, like, that's another word that I'm, like, trying to, like, really figure out. I have all these memories. And, like, when you use as long as, like, people like us use, well, when you stop using everything that you're doing, the last time you did it, you used. So for, like, a year, it was like, oh... The last time I got up out of bed, I used. Oh, the last time I brushed my teeth, I was using. The last time I walked down these steps to get in the car, I was on my way to use. The last time I drove to this gas station. The, the, the last time, like once you're clean, yeah. the last time you did any fucking thing that you're doing, participating in life. I can't speak for you, but I was using. Yeah. So like I was constantly thinking about using and like how like the last time I did anything I was doing, I was using and it was weird. And like I was like, this is weird. Um, yeah, I've been given the gift of recovery. I, I try to do all these things, but like, I don't, I don't need, I don't, I know I don't need a catastrophe to happen. I don't, I don't need just a feeling to use. Like, I'll go outside tonight. It's a nice, it's 90 degrees today. I'm, it's probably like the sun's probably coming down. The breeze is going to feel a certain way. And you know what? The breeze is going to like hit me in my eye just a way that's gonna be like oh man it feels like using in the air tonight like this yeah. breeze would feel so much breezier if i was using you know like that's all i need all i need is a breeze to hit me in my eyebrow and i'll think about using um don't mean i have to um and now like like doing the things that are suggested like to me when i got here if i got a feeling like like I said before, thank God for sponsorship and the network and like and recovery and all the things that come with it because you have you have ways to deal with it. And I look forward to to things like this and like calling people and, and going to meetings and reaching out so that I can just tell yo, I'm feeling this way about this. And like somebody is gonna tell me how they dealt with that feeling. They're not gonna tell me what to do, but they're gonna be like 
Oh, you think you're the only one that felt that before? Check this <laughs> out. Here's my experience, strength out. Like, and like yeah, we man. all we have a way of doing that. Like, just pick up the phone, go to a meeting, call somebody. Um, and, and, and I know these things, and I and like fortunately for me, like like once I know something, like I know it. Like, like mm. like once I know, like I know what I'm supposed to do, and I don't want to go back. And it's not that simple every day. And there are days like, cause I like I'm in a routine, right? Especially Monday through Friday when I'm working. Like I get up at this time, I pray at this time, or b- before I leave the house, and, and and I go to work this way, and I get to work, and I park here, and I you know I I go to Seven Eleven and get these things. You know what I mean? Like like yeah. and like and when I have a second, I read this first. I read this second. And I do all this shit before. You know, I make these calls on the way to work, and I do this before nine. And when I don't do that stuff, like I can feel it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I can't not do it. I can just, like, yeah. I can do it, and like, um, and the like, I have this routine during the week. So okay, Saturday I don't have work. I sleep in a little bit. I get up. Maybe I start doing some laundry, and like before you know, it's noon, and I haven't prayed yet. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm out of my routine, but like. But I know that's something I need to do. Um, I know it's not some event that I need to do at this time in this place this way. And I can stop what I'm doing and, and pray at any time. I can stop what I'm doing and read these things out of the book. They got it on the phone. I, you know, like, so, again, to answer those questions, man, like, dealing with feelings without the, the use of drugs is like, bro, it's, it, for me, it's just like, it's recovery, man. Like, I don't like I just you, you come back and you stay here like you're gonna get the the answers to these questions and like you'll find the way it works for you to, to deal with that and then and again it's not instantaneous all the time it takes some work but like what's the alternative like bro I I don't want to go back I'm not saying I'm not going back like I'm of the camp like maybe when I if I get 30 years clean I'll never use again um I know using is, I could, I, yeah, I deleted numbers out of my phone. Bro, I grew up, I was born in 82. I can remember a fucking phone number. Right, memorize them. Okay? <laughs> I, I am someone that can remember a phone number. That's like, why. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, uh, I know how to do that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I don't want to do it. And I know that if I don't want to do it, like, then do these things, and that'll give me my best chance not to do it. Yeah. I don't know if I answered that question. Dude, I definitely think you answered the question. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. Tons tons of that I can relate to, man. I'm so glad you brought up uh, remembering that that last night, you know, before you got got clean. Um, That's what I have to do, man. Because, dude, just like you said about the breeze being a little bit more breezier if you were using, dude, I would use for whatever the fuck. Like, if I felt good, I would use to feel better. If I felt shitty, I would use to not feel shitty. Or to feel um, shittier. Or to, yeah, Fuck or to it, feel I like shitty. feeling shitty. Yep. Let's feel so shitty so I can feel okay about using. Yeah. Sick. Right. Sick. Yeah, man. It's, um, so, you know, for me, a big one is, uh, I, uh, I'll, I'll get off a long day at work, right? You know, stressful, busy day, a lot of stuff going on. You know, I hit the gym, burn a little stress off, and, uh, you know, and then I'll be like, ah, you know, due date coming up, should probably get a little more work done tonight, but I want to take a break from work, you know, it's been a long day, and I'll get these moments, man, just like you were talking about the breeze, I'll get these moments where, you know, I'll see the sun coming out, especially now that the weather's getting warmer, 
and I'll just get like a little vision of a ice cold Corona with a little lime on top with the sweat dripping down the side of the bottle. And I'll think to myself like, damn, that shit would be really, really nice right about now. Just yeah. one, just yeah. one Corona. Um, but dude, for me, it's it's in those moments like that, man, it's it's what I've learned in recovery. Just like you said, man, I'll, I'll remind myself like, you know, when was the last time I ever had just one beer? Right. Never. Right. <laughs> Literally never. Yeah. You know, I've never drank in just a singular beer. Right. You know, I've never had just one hit. I've never had just one pill. Never had just one line, one tab, one cap of a mushroom, whatever it was. Never just one. So, uh, so that's what I remind myself, man, is like, what does it lead me to? And what it leads me to is overdosing in my parents' house. Um, and waking my little brother up in the middle of the night because I'm wheezing, you know, like the death rattle, like my chest, um, and my little brother finding me overdosed and then waking up my parents. Um, and like, dude, like when I, when I remember that all the fun times of drinking beers on boats in the summer, you know, good parties, fun times, hanging out with girls, hanging out with the boys, you know, like none of that shit is worth overdosing in my parents' house and getting found by my little brother, man. That shit broke my heart. Um, and that was the last time that I used. Um, that was July 13th, 2021. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's really hard, man. And it's also, just like you said, man, for me, it's not instantaneous. You know, I'll fantasize about smoking just one blunt for a while before I, like, snap myself out of it. And I'm like... Yo, what am I doing, man? Let me yeah. call John up, bro. Yeah. Let John, let me call John up yeah. and have him humble me, humble me real quick, and and you know help remind me like, you know, the, some of the stuff I say, man. Like I'm definitely an addict, not just drugs, man. You know, I'm addicted to so much stuff. Yeah. You know, I have an addictive personality. I have the disease of addiction. Right. Um, and what recovery is, man, is a daily reprieve from that. Um, and that's what I'm reminded of, man. Yeah. It's like no matter how much. You know, no matter how much I think I have, like, bro, like, it, I can always go back, but today I don't want to, and yeah. today I don't have to. Um, so, dude, I was, I was, I was loving what you were saying about, uh, about gratitude, man, and, uh, you know, the gift of desperation, that GLD piece, too. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, for me, man, I, I wanted to say this, right, because ever since I heard this saying, I feel like I've been living my life totally different. Um, but you know, a, a predecessor, you know, old timer in, in recovery, he told me one day, he basically, he asked me like, what are you grateful for? Um, and I like just started naming stuff that I'm grateful for. And, you know, grateful for recovery was a big one of them. And, uh, and then he said, all right, well, you, you understand that gratitude is an action word, right? Like gratitude, you know, you're showing that you're grateful when you take action. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd never, uh, I'd never really thought of it in that way before. Right. Cause I always thought of it as like, you know, I'm grateful for something like, Oh, I'm so thankful I have this. I'm going to cherish this. Yeah. You know, I'm going to use this. I'm going to be happy about this thing that I have. Um, but man, the reality is, man, if I'm grateful for something, yeah. I'll take care of it. Right. If I'm grateful for my car, I'll take care of my car. If I'm grateful for my house, I'll take care of my house. If I'm grateful to have the gift of recovery, I'll take care of that shit. Yeah. And for me, taking care of my recovery is just like you said, man, doing those daily actions. Yeah. You know, calling people, getting connections every day. 
you know, going to meetings, you know, reaching out, getting honest about how I'm feeling, getting honest about where I'm at, um, and doing the stuff that I want to do in the moment. Um, but I know I have to do it if I want to truly be grateful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, so it's talking about that, uh, getting that definition of gratitude. Um, when you, when you think about, you know, what it is that you're grateful for, how do you, you know, how do you remind yourself of, you know, those times where, you know, you wish for something or like wanted something in your life? How do you remind yourself? Cause, and, and basically what I'm trying to ask here, right. Is, you know, in my life today, I'll complain about shit constantly. Yeah. But the crazy thing is I'll complain about stuff that I used to wish I had in my life, right? Like I'll complain about work and I used to wish I had a job and yeah. I used to wish I didn't, you know, before the job I have now, man, I was only ever uh, like a waiter and a bartender um, and I wanted so much more. Um, and now that, you know, I'm actually in a job that I'm turning into a career, man, I love to complain about how busy I am at work. Yeah, <laughs> sure. So how do you, how do you remind yourself to, you know, in, in moments uh, where you feel like things aren't really going an ideal way, you know, yeah. not even the way you want, but things just aren't ideal and they could be better. How do you remind yourself to still be grateful in those moments? Sure. Um, yeah, man, gratitude is, gratitude is weird, man. I, like, to be honest, man, I have, like, it's almost like a superstitious routine. Like, mm. a lot of this stuff, for me, started as I need to do these things or something fucked up's gonna happen. I need to do these things because everybody says you gotta do these things. Yeah. And like at first it starts as like almost a checklist but it but it's become like I know I need to do these things and they work. Um, I, I do start off and sometimes like sometimes I have this moment of silence where like I close my apartment door and I just moved and I got a long ass carpeted walk to this elevator where it's like quiet and I know I know that I can say the serenity prayer the third step prayer and like one or two other things that like I know I can get that done from the door to the elevator if I like forgot to do like my thing in the apartment right hmm. I know I got like the ride to work for a half hour where I can connect with my higher power um but the first thing I say is like, and I, and I mean it, like I, I thank God for waking me up clean. And I didn't make that up. You hear a hundred people say like, but it's true. Like everything, like I asked for this. Like I wanted this so bad. Like yeah. everything I'm doing right now that I have right now, I, I wanted it. Like I just couldn't, I couldn't. I couldn't reach it. Like, I didn't I didn't know where it was. If I did, I just was my arm length wasn't long. Like, I couldn't get, I, I wanted this stuff bad. And to be honest, like, a lot of times I don't realize that I need to practice gratitude or, or find some things to be grateful for until I'm being ungrateful. Like, mm. you know, um, I know I've heard, I got, I got friends that wake up in the morning and do gratitude lists. And I've heard about gratitude lists. And, I, and I've never done a gratitude list. Um, Maybe I need to start doing that. But, like, when I find myself feeling, you know, bad about something, bitching about something, annoyed with something, stressed about something, ungrateful for something, I do know that, like, I got to spin it. Like, I got I got to spin it with some positivity. I got to remember where I came from. And, like, how can I show gratitude for, like, this thing that's, like, that I'm being really ungrateful for? You said it with, like, 
take the example of a car. You have a car and you're grateful for a car, you keep the car clean. But not only that, you drive the car. Like, if you're grateful for this car and you leave it sitting out in the parking lot, like, what are you doing with it, right? Yeah. Um, you're grateful for this home, you keep it clean, but, like, if you're, if you're stuck in the house one night, now you ain't stuck in the house. You got a sweet-ass apartment here. It's nice. You're great for the apartment. So I'm going to kick it in the apartment with my fucking drawers on in my, <laughs> in my apartment because I'm grateful for this apartment. Yeah. And I'm going to use it, and I'm going to be grateful to be here and, like, hang out in the apartment, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, it is, it, is this, it is this action of, like, doing something to show the gratitude, the appreciation for this thing that like you're 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 lacking at the time you know for me um and like i said a lot of that doesn't happen until i feel myself getting like off kilter and like i know it's me being ungrateful um i have a much easier time telling other people they're ungrateful for shit when they (laughs) complain to me i'm like oh you need to make a gratitude list and i ain't never made a gratitude (laughs) list oh you're ungrateful man last week you were talking about i need money i need money now you bitching about your boss like you know like and it's much easier to see it in others but like another you know another gift of this program is having each other in our lives so that like when I talk to you and like you hear me being ungrateful you could be like bro and I could be like yeah man I guess I'm tripping man and like and I could do something about it and I think that I think like the key for me is like like I said man I I don't have the answers to everything um I've only been in recovery for a year and a half but like like I know that there's things to do because it's been pounded into my head yeah. daily, um, and it's. I mean, it's. I'm grateful. Like I'm gonna say it. Like I'm. I'm. I'm grateful to be here today because like I didn't know. Like. I often find myself like feeling grateful and like like the gratitude is the action, but like, there's a meeting I go to on Sunday morning, and I started going to that meeting because. Um, cause my sponsor was going there, but I also, I started going back every week because the trip that it takes me down to GW Parkway and on Sunday morning, if it's nice out, like I just enjoy being in my car on GW Parkway. I don't know what it is in the morning, seeing the water on the left side and the buildings. And it's like. Dog, those I don't have you. Know, I had those moments before I got here. I wasn't looking out the window. You know what I mean? I was yeah. like straight ahead to like where I was going, and like that. Those are the type. Like I'm, I'm grateful to be able to wake up on a Sunday morning, have go to a meeting, go get in my car, like go see people, like and and I'm doing it. Like I'm not like I'm not laying in bed saying like, oh man, it's um. It's so good that I had the time today that I could go to a meeting. I could drive down the street that like I could go do. Nah, it's like, but like I get up and I do it and I do it and I do it and I do it. I try to do it. Um, and to me, that's that's the that's the gratitude piece is like putting into practice all these things that I that I say I'm grateful for. Then go be grateful for them and do something to like show that. Um, and like I said, a lot of it comes from. I don't realize it until a fucked up feeling is creeping up. But whatever it takes, like, all right, fine. If someone, if it's knocking on my head, like, dude, you're being ungrateful. All right, cool. Now I know. Now yeah. I know and I know I can do this. And, like, and I'll probably feel better about it. Oh, yeah. 
I love that, dude. I really do, man. Um, it's, you know, it speaks volumes being able to, you know, come to these sort of uh, realizations today. Yeah. Um, dude, something that I want to say is, I, you know, like how you were saying, like, you know, you would never look out the window before, right? You never, you straightforward tunnel vision, you know, your guy you're going to, you know, what yeah. you got to get, what you got to do. Um, dude, I was, I was that way for so much stuff. Like just this conversation that we're having right now about yeah. gratitude, yeah. like bro, like if I wasn't like, you know, like super fucked up, like yeah. come on, man, you know, let's yeah. talk about that stuff later after we're high. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like I would never have uh, conversations like this. Yeah. You know, I would never even care to try and become, you know, like introspective or anything like that, or or try and learn about why I do the shit I do. Right? I used to say like I do what I do because I like doing it. Right. You know, simple as that. Um, and, you know, I used to think it would genuinely be a waste of time to try and look into it deeper. Yeah. Um, and, man, like today I see that's what, that's why I was so lost for so long. Um, but, yeah, man, dude, I, I appreciate it so much, Sean. Is, it, is there anything you wanted to, to go into further? Oh. We, dude, time flies on the pod, right? We've been going for an hour and 20 minutes. Have we really? Yeah. Damn, I feel like I just sat down. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, dude. Yeah, I just took a couple sips of the water. And, Shit uh, goes by fast, no, man. I mean, I mean, this was great, man. It really was, man. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've just, I've learned to, like, appreciate this life that I have, man. Yeah, man. Um, and, it, you know, this podcast is about recovery, and, like, my life is about recovery now. Um I've, I've, I'm trying as best I can every day to like build my life around recovery. Like I gotta do, yeah. like I gotta work, I gotta go to work. I, I you know, you do need a couple bucks to like operate, <laughs> right? For but sure. Like work, you know, family commitments. Like I'm not married, I don't have kids, but I got siblings. Both my parents are here, so like. I try to be available to my family. I try to be available to people that I've met, you know, in recovery. I got to go to work. Other than that, like, I have, I'm trying to build my life around recovery because I understand how important recovery has been to, to where I am today. Um, nothing, nothing that I'm doing today, nothing that, I, like, my life is so different than it was 18 months ago. I live, you know, changing people's places and things was the first thing we talked yeah. about. I live in a different place. I drive Same. a different car. Have a different job. Same. Um, I remember thinking it was crazy when people like everybody I talked to is in recovery. I was like, that's because y'all <laughs> not forty. You don't know as many people as I do. That I the only people I talk to other than work and family are people in recovery. Um, my my life. I'll, I'll say this last thing, man. One of the things that I love about, you know, sponsorship in this process is, like, I'm part of, like, a sponsorship family that, like, that I've, like, gravitated towards their, like, um, their approach, their attitude towards recovery. And, you know, I'll, I, I like to call them pillars. And, like, I don't even think he knew he was doing this when we first, like, got together. But he said, like, some things that he was about. And, it, and like, you know, I think he was trying to make sure that he understood, like, what was about to happen. Like, you know, we're, this wasn't going to be a sponsored by name thing. No. Like, and one of the things that I said, among other things, were it was steps, 
we're, we're going to do this. We work steps. Steps are a part of our life, right? But it was perspective, lifestyle, and village is what, is what, is what he told me, man. Mm. And that lifestyle piece, and it's all like the perspective, like this whole thing is about perspective and just me getting and appreciating other perspectives. I came in here like realizing that like my perspective has been jacked up. So I, I, I want a different perspective. I need a different perspective. Even if I don't agree with it, like I, I need someone like I, I can only see things one way. Like, please, somebody tell me, give me something. And if I don't agree with it, fine. But like, give me that perspective and I'll try to give you perspective. But that lifestyle piece, man, that lifestyle piece like hooked me. And, and because like, cause it is like, this is a lifestyle, man. Like these are the things I do. These are the people I hang with. This is what I've built my life around. It's a lifestyle. Like, and it's, 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 I try to make it that simple. Oh, you know, family's like, are you going to keep going? Like, how long are you going to, how long, how long, like, remember when you were like asking me to, for like the papers and like, do I have a sponsor? And like, did you go to those meetings or like, like y- y'all, y'all were pressing me out for like two months. <laughs> now y'all think I got it. Like, you know. Um, but yeah, man, I just, this is, this has become a lifestyle for me. Um, and I I wouldn't have it any other way, to be honest. And all I got to do is remember that day, man. And that day is not my clean day. You know, that, that day is when I left. And like, you know, like I said, it took me, it took me a minute to like, my clean date is the first day that I got off of everything. And that, you know, my clean date is November 17th. That day that I left was October 29th, so it took it took me a few weeks to like figure that part out. But, yeah. but man, I, I appreciate you asking me to come out. Oh, here, dude, I, I appreciate you coming like, on the pod. Really, man. and uh, thanks this so is much, great, man. man. And yeah, man, I just I love you, man. Thank you for inviting me out here, man. Thanks, man. Love you too, man. I definitely got a ton out of it, man. And you know, we'll definitely definitely make it happen again. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, man, I I'm so glad you said that, man. I feel the same way, bro. My life is so different from the way I used to live and I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. You know, it's it's something else going on out here, right? <laughs> so, something's happening. Something's and happening. I ain't gonna try to figure it out too much. I'm gonna yeah. just roll with it. Yeah, yeah. But hell yeah, I appreciate it, John. Yeah. Thanks again, man. And thanks to everyone who tuned in. That'll uh it's a great, great way to wrap things up for yeah. today. And uh we'll see you guys all next Sunday.